my parents decided to cancel my 14th birthday party to better accommodate my spoiled younger brother. This happened when I was 14 years old, so several years ago at this point. I have a brother that's about six years younger than me, and he was extra coddled by my parents for having been diagnosed with high-functioning autism when he was four. But other than that, he seems very normal, just unbelievably spoiled, and he used that to get his way a lot. And by a lot, I mean nearly all the time. Anything I had, he also had to have it. So that meant I'd have doubles of almost everything that wasn't shared items. And anything he had that I didn't, he would rub it in my face any way he could. When I was 11, I begged my parents for a 3DS for my 12th birthday. I got one, but then was told to lend it to my brother whenever he wanted it, or else it'd be taken away. Which was, honestly, a lot. When my aunt found out after seeing my parents forcibly take my 3DS out of my hands to give it to my brother on one of her visits, she let loose on them for such blatant favoritism. They returned my 3DS immediately, then blamed me for the situation after my aunt left. But they didn't make me give it to my brother again. Instead, my parents went out a few days later and bought another 3DS as a surprise gift for my brother. On several of mine and other people's birthdays, my brother made a huge fuss because the party wasn't all about him. Even going as far as to outright state that he was upset because he wasn't getting any gifts or getting to blow out the candles on the cake. My parents learned the hard way that they couldn't enable my brother the way that they would have liked to at those parties and were actually kicked out of a few for trying to enable some kind of toxic behavior. And because of that, other kids at his school stopped inviting him to birthday parties altogether. For me, my birthdays were some of the only days I had, especially since it was one of those days where it got to be about me, because otherwise my parents forced my life to revolve around my little brother. And the year prior to when this story took place, my parents ended up paying more attention to him the entire time of my 13th birthday, and even asked me if I'd let my brother blow out my candles for me because he was upset and pouting. I refused that because I wanted to blow out my own candles because it was my birthday. They called me a spoiled brat at first, till my aunt intervened once again and chastised them for their favoritism yet again. She stated how much she had noticed how my brother gets nearly everything between the two of us just because he's autistic. My parents got no support from anyone else other than my brother who was still crying because he wasn't going to get to blow the candles out. And because he didn't get his way, he tried to outright spit on my cake out of spite. But my awesome aunt thankfully blocked him before he got the chance, then scolded him till he ran to his mom in tears. My parents took a lot of heat from the other adults there and then promised to never ask to let my brother blow out my candles on my birthday ever again. But they pretty much just went through the motions for the rest of the party. My aunt pretty much took over coordinating everything from that point forward. The following year, a couple of weeks before my birthday, my parents sat me down and told me they were still going to give me gifts and a small cake. But my birthday party was effectively canceled to avoid my brother having another meltdown. I told them I couldn't believe they were doing this to me. And they just seemed to shrug it off without a care. So at school over the next week, I told my friends, my teachers, and even my school counselor. All of them were appalled by my parents' lack of consideration or empathy. The vice principal even found out and consoled me, and all of this got back to my parents through social media. My parents ended up grounding and gaslighting me for telling so many people, but that didn't stop me from still telling everyone at school that I was grounded for just being upset that my birthday was canceled for no good reason. I guess that made it a lot worse because several of my parents' own friends 
along with parents to other kids in my school, called them up or sent them a message over social media, basically saying, what is wrong with you? And suddenly, just like that, I was ungrounded. I didn't get an apology either. My dad just walked into my room with his arms crossed, told me my grounding was over early, and then walked out. That was it. I thought my party was still canceled because nobody said anything about it. And my brother thought it was hilarious and rubbed it in my face that I wasn't going to get to celebrate my own birthday. But by the end of the two weeks, my parents held a surprise birthday party for me at my favorite restaurant and then started claiming that this was their intent all along, even though I knew it wasn't. From what I'd seen, everyone was incredibly unhappy with them for what they did, and it showed with any interactions family members had with my parents. So they ended up doing the surprise party to try and save what little reputation they had left. But I'm pretty sure they had to pay through the nose that day just to accommodate me. I got dinner with all my friends at my favorite restaurant that had a small arcade and even got the newest PlayStation system, something I've been looking forward to for a long time. I could tell it was all pretty much planned and bought last minute because my dad had a look about him that my aunt comically described as looking like a moth had flown out of his wallet. My brother, of course, made a huge fuss that I got that surprise party. But with so many of my friends and their parents there, my mom and dad finally put their foot down on my brother to stop his tantrum when he wanted to push my cake off the table. My brother ended up getting a timeout for the first time since he was a toddler, and my mom had to stay with him to make sure he didn't do anything crazy. And he did try several times to run to the cake or the stack of presents. Who knows what he would have done were it not for the fact that at least one adult was always on guard. Even my dad stood guard to keep him away. My mom ended up having to remove my brother and herself from the party entirely and took my little brother to another restaurant so he could have fun in their play area. And I heard later she spent at least an hour trying to get him to come out of the play place tube structure. And he only did so because he had to use the bathroom, then tried to run right back in it when he was done. My parents never tried to cancel my birthday again while I still lived with them, though they never again tried as hard or spent as much. For the remaining four years I was under their roof, my birthday parties consisted of a local pizza parlor, a cake without even a name written on it, and never again anything as expensive as a new gaming system. I don't mean to sound spoiled, but I was a bit disappointed I never got a cake with my name on it ever again. My aunt called my parents out on it each year, and each year they claimed they just forgot to get the cake decorated. I'm pretty sure that the reason my name was never written on another cake was because my brother always refused to eat pieces of the cake that had writing of someone else's name on it at a party, and they couldn't put his name on any of the cakes, as it would have looked really bad for them. But the fact that I still got a day that was just about me and not about my brother was fantastic in my book, especially because just about everything else revolved around him. During each of the remaining birthday parties while still living at home, my brother made a fuss and my mom took him somewhere to try and calm him down. I was still required to share my new PlayStation system with my brother, but it was mine and I took it with me when I moved out when I was 18. My little brother didn't like that and had a huge fit till my parents went out and bought another PlayStation just for him. When I moved out, they finally had to deal with how they'd raise my brother so spoiled because I wasn't there to help them when he was acting like that. On his most recent 14th birthday, he went absolutely crazy, all because he didn't get the newest PlayStation system. He is now currently grounded for I don't know how long after causing hundreds or maybe even thousands of collateral damage during his rampage. He picked up a chair and started destroying anything that was in front of him, and my parents just looked mentally checked out when I saw them last. My aunt also told me that they wish that they could just send my little brother to military or boarding school in the future because they can't handle the monster that they've created. But there's no way they could afford that. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't find that ironically funny. Boy, have I met kids like this where they are so spoiled, so rotten, so absolutely just nasty that anything and everything that you give them is never good enough. And they're always super jealous of everyone around them. 
I feel so bad for this older brother, but it looks like it all worked out for him in the end. And what kind of terrible parents are they for grounding their kid after they told everybody that their birthday was canceled because of their spoiled brother? Super glad that that guy was able to figure things out. And it's a nice little bit of karma that the parents are able to see that they raised a monster. An entitled Karen tried to stop me from doing my job, so I ended up having to shut her down. I was working for a big lawn care company spraying outside of a customer's home. It was Halloween day at about 12.30 in the afternoon. I pull up to a customer house and go knock on the door. Nobody answers, so I start back towards my truck. As I'm walking back, I notice a minivan slowly drive by the truck and then speed off suddenly. It pulls into a driveway a few houses down, and as I'm getting ready to start working on this customer's property, I see her, an angry Karen in the wild. She speed walks towards me with an I want to speak to your manager look burning in her eyes. I roll my eyes and embrace for what's going to happen. Here we go. I put down my equipment and I approach her. I tell her in a very customer service type voice, hello ma'am, can I help you? The Karen says in a snarky voice, yes, I know I'm not the customer, but do you know what today is? I respond by saying, yes ma'am, I do. Karen then responds with an even bigger attitude. Well, I don't think you should be coming over here and spraying pesticides all over the place. You should just come back tomorrow. Now, I probably could have been a little bit nicer, but she wasn't a customer of ours and it wasn't her business. Plus, her condescending, I know better than you attitude just rubbed me the wrong way. So I said in a 100% professional and respectful, but with a slightly sarcasm voice, well ma'am, first of all, if you look over there, I point to the little yellow sign I put up 10 feet away from us. I put a sign right there saying there were pesticides being used. Second off, I'm not spraying all over the place. I'm just doing a small spray around the foundation of the house. I'll even skip the steps to make you feel better. And third of all, this stuff I'm spraying will be dry in half an hour or so. At which point, unless your child is licking the foundation of the house, there's nothing to worry about. I paused for a second to let that sink in, and then I continued. Now, if there are any other questions, I'll be happy to answer them for you. She stared daggers at me with the I want to speak to your manager look on her face as I stood there with a happy little smile. I took in her angered look for a moment before telling her I needed to get back to work and to have a nice day in the best customer service voice I could possibly muster. She turned and stomped away, realizing I wasn't going to give her any more of my time. I called my supervisor to give him a heads up just in case she called in. I told him the whole story word for word, and he laughed hysterically, accusing me of having way too much fun doing that. And he was right. I love stories like this, especially from a Karen who just decided, hey, guess what? I want this guy to stop spraying pesticides. I guess maybe she had some irrational worry that this being Halloween was going to cause these pesticides to get kids sick. But like, who just goes up to someone's random house and decide you, right there, stop doing your job because I say so. It was literally the middle of the day and nobody was there. And the guy's right. The stuff he's putting on that house would have dried almost instantly. And there's literally a sign that says, hey, don't step on the lawn or go near the property because there's pesticide. And yeah, pesticide is dangerous, but there's warnings for a reason. So it's always wonderful to see a Karen get shut down, especially when she's not minding her own business and trying to get up in somebody else's business, especially when they're on the job. I lied to my wife multiple times and I don't know if she can forgive me. I recently lied to my wife of two and a half years about not telling people she was pregnant. The backstory here is important. We have had issues with pregnancy and last year had to have an emergency procedure where our baby was not able to live due to a very rare medical condition that occurred in 23 weeks. It has severely affected her and caused depression. I always tried to be there for her but never felt like I was able to support her. We decided to try again and she is currently pregnant at 16 weeks. We found out at the 12-week ultrasound 
ultrasound that there may be issues with this baby, which was hard for the both of us. At the latest ultrasound, we got good news with a clean bill of health. It was scary going into this, but obviously was a great outcome. The night before I went to a soccer game and later found out that she wanted me to stay home, given how scared she was about the doctor's appointment the next morning. I assumed it was okay since I asked if I could go, but I should have read the room and stayed home to comfort her. We had been through a lot with the baby, and I did not realize how scared she was until we talked afterwards, and she told me that she did not feel close to me. Throughout this, the loss of the first pregnancy has affected me, and I never really dealt with it. When I would be around her, I tried to act strong because I wanted to come off that way to her. When I would try to bring it up with her and ask how she was doing, the answers were short and did not seem like she wanted to talk. I assumed she did not want to talk to me about it and was dealing with the loss on her own. It's hard knowing I couldn't help her, but I assumed she was figuring it out herself. Here's where the lie comes in. I would talk to my family about how I was feeling and kept them updated on what was going on with the perceived health issue. One day when I was around her, my dad called asking if the ultrasound was coming up, which my wife could hear on the phone. When I hung up with my dad, she asked if he knew and I said yes. We hadn't been telling anyone due to the loss of the last child. I did not tell her I told my dad, which was the beginning. I had been talking with various family members about multiple issues going on in my life recently, from the stress of my wife being pregnant, to me hating my job, to the depression and anxiety, and this was a major one. I did not mean to intentionally hide it from her, but I should have told her that I told them. That was my first mistake, but somehow I made it worse. When we were talking, she asked who all knew, and I listed off a few people, but not all of my family members, my mom or my brother, and my best friend. I thought it would be better to control the issue and not say how many people knew. She told me she was upset and I broke her trust. It was awful and I really messed up. My second mistake wasn't much better. I'm currently on a work trip and I left my Apple Watch at home. She admitted she read my text messages, which had two threads with my best friend who I told and my stepmom. These are two people that I did not tell her about, especially after we had already gotten into a fight about this before. It became one of the worst conversations that we've ever had, where she told me that she has lost all trust in me, given the fact that I lied to her and didn't tell her the full truth. Words were said and she told me that she can't raise a child with someone who lies, which absolutely killed me. I fear our marriage is on the verge of collapsing, but I want to try and make it better. She doesn't know how to move forward and I believe we are going to try marriage counseling. This is the worst I've ever felt and I really screwed things up. What do I do? It seems like this guy just did everything except for talk to his wife. I don't know. I feel like you should have just been honest from the get-go and not tried to make up more lies to cover up the lie that you clearly were knee-deep in. If you had just communicated with your wife and told her what's going on, it would have been a lot better off. But trying to, quote, control the situation just seems a little overbearing. And it sounds like your wife is like the last person you're sharing these important details about your life with. I understand if you're depressed or if you hate your job or if you're having some kind of stress in your marriage, but discussing that with literally everybody else except for your wife, in my opinion, is probably not the best idea. But overall, I hope this all gets worked out in some healthy way and that you guys are still able to stay as a couple and raise that child together. Today, I messed up by asking my coworker out. So yeah, I asked my coworker out in the most awkward way possible. I felt that it would be inappropriate and too pressured for her if I asked her at work, where we basically always are within earshot of other people. So my big brain decides the best course of action is to leave her a cute note on the dash of her car as I'm heading out for the day. The contents of the note were essentially me saying, hey, I think you're really cute and nice to be around. I'd like to take you on a date. Call me sometime if you're interested. And then I listed my number. This might have been innocent enough, I suppose, 
house, but I pulled out my shovel and decided to dig deeper by finding her number in a group text message and messaging her at nearly 11 o'clock at night because of course she wasn't going to call or text. I basically begged her to forgive me and to forget my weird mistake. I feel like such an idiot right now and I worried about losing my job for acting like such a fool on top of the intense loneliness and isolation. I hope I can get through the rest of this week and I hope nobody else makes the same mistake I did. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you definitely pick one of the most awkward ways to ask a coworker out. Also, you're asking a coworker out. I mean, sure, go for it if you want, but you got to understand the implications of that. If you did end up starting to date that said coworker, you would then be seeing them every single day of your life. Like there would be no downtime. You would see them at work and then you would see them outside of work. And sure, that can work for some other people. But in my opinion, I think that would just make things really awkward. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Personally, I try not to look to dating coworkers unless I know there's a clear cut line between work and outside of work interactions. Otherwise, things can get really muddied and it can get really awkward and weird. I really hope this guy doesn't lose his job, but hopefully this girl just kind of lets it go. But in all reality, she's probably just going to tell her friends and they're just going to laugh about this behind your back, which if that's going to be your punishment, it could be a lot worse, to be honest. And yeah, if I was a guy and I found out about this, I would probably laugh at it too. Next time, if you're going to ask someone out, just ask them out directly. Weird little notes on somebody's car is not really the way to do it, in my opinion. But what do you think? Leave a comment down below. What would you do if you were in this situation? Today, I messed up by ignoring a high fever and almost unaliving in my home alone. To start off, I use Celsius rather than Fahrenheit. Let me start by saying I get sick a lot, so today wasn't an unusual thing for me. I woke up with a sore throat. I felt like I was going to get sick with flu, so I sent my brother at about 1 o'clock to buy me some medicine. He did, and then my family left without me because it was my grandmother's funeral. I thought I could stay up for my upcoming midterm exam, and at 4 o'clock, my mom would come and take me to my grandmother's house. I finished studying at 2 o'clock, but at that point, I was freezing. My whole body was shivering and my throat was hurting even more. I couldn't even swallow my own saliva. Anyways, I texted my brother that I'm not going to the funeral because I was getting progressively worse. I told him that everything hurts and I wasn't able to get up. So I forced myself to get up and I got the thermometer to try and check my temperature. I measured my temperature and it was 36.7 degrees Celsius. So I didn't really give it any thought. I tried to waste time on TikTok, but I was feeling worse by the minute. At 6 p.m., I was crying my eyes out contemplating whether I should call my mom or not. I re-measured my temperature and it was 37.1 degrees Celsius. And then five minutes later, it was 38 degrees Celsius. So I took a pill for the fever and thought nothing of it. And this is basically where I messed up because your temperature going from 37 to 38 in five minutes is a major red flag. That's when everything started to go downhill. My left hand was feeling weird. It felt stiff. I thought that it's because I was sleeping on it. But then both of my arms and legs started to hurt while also cramping up until I couldn't even move my fingers anymore. I tried to get my hand to soften up, even just a little, but it didn't work. Then my whole face started twitching badly. My mouth was basically stuck and I couldn't even move my tongue. At this point, I was hyperventilating. I was taking short, fast breaths because I felt like I couldn't breathe. I tried to scream, but my whole mouth was stuck. I called my brother and tried to tell him to come home, but it was inaudible. I threw myself on the floor and started shaking pretty badly. I was having a panic attack. I tried to call an ambulance 
silence, but my phone fell far away from me and I couldn't reach it. At this point, this had been happening for about an hour and I was in extreme pain and agony. I felt like these were my last moments. I thought I'd never see my parents again and that this was it. I don't know how, but I felt my body beginning to relax just a little bit. I tried to balance my breathing and it kind of worked. I was still shaking and felt like garbage, but I reached my phone and was able to call an ambulance when my mom came home. She had no idea about what was happening to me, but she later said she had a feeling and felt like she should come home and check on me. She saw me on the floor and came rushing to me, asking what had happened. I told her to get a doctor and she did. She helped me get back in bed and measured my temperature. I had a fever of 40 degrees Celsius, which is not a good sign. The doctor came in less than two minutes later and examined me. He said that what happened to me was because of the high fever and because I took that pill about an hour ago, I basically saved my own life because the pill basically went into effect and stopped my body from basically unaliving on the floor. My doctor ended up injecting me with some medicine and when I felt better, we went to the hospital. This was the first time in my life that I had felt this desperate and wished this experience upon no one else. This could have been bad, but thankfully I came out with my life. That is a very scary story. Having a health crisis like that where you are basically helpless on the ground and no one is there to help you out or to try and save you is very, very scary. I can only imagine how desperate and terrified they felt, especially since they couldn't reach their phone or have any kind of communication with anybody. How terrifying is that? Thankfully, they took that pill and it absolutely saved their life. It prevented their body from unaliving. I can't imagine being in that situation, but I think the moral of the story is if you're feeling sick, see a doctor and take care of yourself because you never know what could happen. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.